Hello and welcome to the First Rule of Film Club. I'm Hannah. I'm Eddie. And I'm Alex. And each week we come together to discuss a chosen film, have a little chat about it, and maybe sometimes play a little game. This week we'll be talking about the Titanic. And there will be spoilers. <laughs> uh, although if you know anything about history, you'll probably know the, the spoilers anyway. Um, it does sink. If you haven't seen it before, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you've never heard of Titanic or the Titanic, then you really have been living under a rock. Yeah, it's surprising. Or, um, or living under an iceberg, if you will. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So what's this out. film about then, Eddie? Uh, well, according to IMDb, it says, a 17-year-old aristocrat crap, falls in love with a kind but poor artist aboard the luxurious, ill-fated RMS Titanic. Um, I, I still find it hard to believe that Kate Winslet's character is supposed to be 17. I think she... She looks about 30. If, wait, she's 17, is that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, I mean, he, looks, he, he actually could pull off about 20. She looks about 30, no offence to her. But. Yeah, Leo looks very young in this film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's definitely true. I thought it was just so yeah. nice. I, when I was re-watching it, I was like, 1997, I can't believe they made this film with the budget they made it with, and it's three and a half hours long, and it's, it's just all of it mm. quite entertaining. What did you guys think? Do you know it was a, it was the film with the biggest budget in the whole of the twentieth century. So like it was the, the most money ever spent on a film like at that time. They spent two hundred million dollars making that film. Money well spent. Yeah, but well spent. But apparently it was an absolute nightmare to make that film. Apparently like all the producers were getting really angry because it like the budget overran and it ran over like time wise. You know there were loads of problems with like making the film and a lot of producers wanted to just cut the cut the funding and just say, look, just whatever you've, you've made, just bring that out because, you know, we can't spend any more. Yeah, it's crazy. We're, it's like, we're actually lucky that it did get finished and, like, that, you know... They, that it did make going. a shitload of money. Yeah, yeah it paid off because it was the highest grossing film as well, like, ever made. <laughs> yeah. Film. First film to ever make over a billion dollars, so it definitely worked. High risk, high reward strategy. Yeah. Also, Eddie sent me something earlier today, a cool little piece of trivia. That, that wasn't true. <laughs> <laughs> apparently... They bought an actual ship and then they actually drowned 1,500 actors to make it as realistic as possible. <laughs> wow, those are some cheap actors. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're famous, though. At least they kind of, you know... Most of the budget was just paying off their family. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it makes you really feel something, like... At the end, when you um, when she's finished telling you a story and stuff, we were both sobbing our hearts out. I wasn't, but you know. Uh, yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the modern day sections? I used to. We were talking about this. I I used when I was a kid, and every time I've ever watched Titanic before this, I really didn't like the modern day bits. I thought it's a bit pointless. Why why are they there? Like they're a bit slow. I don't really care about any of the modern yeah. day people. But this time, actually, like I I don't know. It just clicked for me this time when I watched it, and I felt they actually were necessary and like. The bits where they cut back to them, and you know, it's, you've kind of you know got Rose as like the old woman kind of describing her story, and I don't know, it just worked. I don't know why it just worked as a perfect kind of intro into the film. I think now if they if they remade it, you jumped straight in like scene one is you know DiCaprio playing poker. I don't think it would work. I think it's kind of yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. I, it's quite a long-winded film in some places. Yeah. When I was watching it, I had to do it in two sittings because three and a half hours for me is just like a lifetime. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I, I don't think I'd enjoy it as much if I had to watch it all in one go, definitely. Uh, out of interest, where did you draw the line as act one? Well, actually, I thought I drew the line in the perfect place because it's basically two films stitched together, I now realised. Mm. Uh, I stopped immediately as the iceberg hit 
because it's all like a lovely period piece and it's like a nice bit of drama about you know someone having to marry someone that they don't really mm. love uh, and that's the first film like a yeah. drama and the second film is actually a disaster film <laughs> where everyone is falling off of this cruise ship and they're all dying for like an hour and a half straight and um, if you like watch them both separately, you know you get a pretty good experience out of both halves. Mm. Yeah, I, I actually think it's a great move because like you get halfway through the film and you actually kind of forget that you're watching a film about a boat that is going to sink. Like, yeah. You get so invested in like their romance and their story and like the drama and you know are they going to get together? Mm. You know, is uh, her horrible uh, fiance going to you know like shoot them both? Like you get so invested, you actually you, when the iceberg actually hits, you're like, oh geez, I forgot about that. I forgot that was actually going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's. I don't know. I know there's a lot of uh, controversy and a lot of people don't like the film because of the whole romance and stuff, which we can talk about in a bit. But for me, I think it's perfect. I think it's just so great. It's not like a lot of disaster movies. You've got the first half an hour, we set up the characters, but they don't really feel like real characters and they don't really have any storylines because they're just kind of walking around waiting for the world to end, basically. Um, whereas this one, you actually feel like there's there's life and they actually would have had a life together and they had a future that, that gets stopped rather than they're just waiting for the disaster to happen. Mm. Yeah, I would say there's... I, I feel like three and a half hours for this film is, is a long run time. And I found myself thinking of many, many areas where they could they could have cut time. And I don't think... It, I think it would have detracted from the film overall. Like, I don't think it would be what it is without all of the minutes. But at the same time, there was whole sections that I think feel like a director's cut. Mm. Uh, and I was kind of reflecting on like the whole like there's a lot of scenes devoted to things like the band on the ship that's sinking and and I loved all those things but I was still kind of like oh you know if you cut this that's another like 15 minutes here 15 minutes there like if you got rid of the modern day stuff that's probably another like hour of the film apparently the length of time that the ship is sinking for in the film was the approximately the length of time it actually took to sink in real life? Uh, so not th- quite. I think it's the 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 length the length of the whole past section is the length that it took the ship to uh, sink. Oh, okay. Maybe like two hours and forty minutes or something. But I think I know what you mean though. There's a bit towards the end when everything's crashing. There's a bit where it's like the main characters aren't even on screen for about ten fifteen minutes because it's just scenes of like the captain getting squished with water and then you know I love that the band bit, sort of playing the violin yeah. I really like it I like it that's what I'm saying it's like I kind of like I respect that they left it all in because I really love all of those sections but I, I also think like if they were making it now they just wouldn't have put that in because it's three and a half hours long which is just outrageous I mean like it's yeah it is too long for one movie I think they would now in modern Hollywood have split it into two movies you know <laughs> yeah a, a sequel <laughs> I feel like if James Cameron didn't have the the clout that he has they definitely would have chopped it I think it's just because he was like yeah. nope no this is my vision I'm keeping this but in. if we view it as an epic rather than mm. as a normal film yeah I think it makes sense and also I think it's really important that you have equal effort put into the romance side as you have put into the disaster side because at the mm. end of the day they all weave together because if you didn't care about the romance you wouldn't care about the characters dying yeah. in the disaster bit yeah i think in my mind in my memory whenever i remember that film i always think oh god that there's a bit in the second half where they're just running up and down stairs and running up and down corridors for like an hour where like for some reason they have to go down to the bottom floor and then they get trapped and they've got to escape and then they have to go back down to the bottom floor again yeah. and they get trapped again they've got to escape and then in my memory it's like, I'm like oh god that bit's going to take so long but when I actually watched it it didn't feel like that it, it didn't drag in my memory it always feels like it, that bit drags but it doesn't when I watch it because there's definitely a reason why they're kind of constantly having to go up and down 
and you know why they're kind of having to run away and do this and that. So I think I always remember the film as worse than it actually is. And I think yeah. that's actually like weirdly like I think that's a really good thing for a film to have because some films in your memory they're always so much better than when you actually watch <laughs> seventeen them. again. Well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, this is definitely the opposite. So I, I actually always enjoy it more than I ever think I'm going to. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I just ended up falling in love with a lot of characters that um, that I didn't remember from before. I think I watched this when I was quite young, and uh, the characters that I loved were the band on the boat. Even though I was just slagging them off yeah. for taking up runtime, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favourite bits. Yeah, because I find that bit so unbelievable as well that they just kept playing. They didn't even get on the boats. Like I can't even imagine that. Like you know, selflessness. But now I can yeah. kind of see why they kept playing because they they started playing for the love of the music. Mm. They almost had to die to realise, you know, their own genius in mm. some case, you know. And the love of each other as well, like that, there's a bit where they're all about to go in the boat and then one of them stays and then the other one sort of turn around and like, actually, you know what, we're all in this together. Mm. And I, I, I think that's a great, great bit. I love the um, old man who was like, we're going to die in dignity, wearing our top hats <laughs> yeah. and having brandy. A bit of whiskey. Yeah. But then when he actually sees the water coming towards him, he is a bit like, the look in his shit. eyes <laughs> is just, uh, this is the moment I'm going to die. Yeah. Um, and I respect yeah. them for doing that because I think there is one thing to say, oh, I'm going to die in this really graceful way. But at the end of, end of the day, dying is usually a pretty yeah. horrible experience. Yeah. Mm, it's gruesome. It does a good job of bringing home how shit dying on the Titanic would be, actually, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, you really feel like there's a lot of like pretty nasty deaths of people like leaping off oh. the boat and smacking into like a giant turbine. One thing I, I found quite interesting, actually, was, you know, the, the really horrible villains, not the the husband guy but his sort of his crony the cop yeah because there's a bit where he's kind of he's on the middle of the boat and it's splitting in half and he's got blood running down his face and for a second i was like rubbing my hands together going like oh yeah let's have a really gruesome death for this horrible guy but they don't show it they never show him dying and i think that's quite smart actually yeah i didn't even realize that was him because i because then afterwards i was like actually i feel like that would have been pretty insensitive to i don't think it's right to have a character where you're on on you know such a real life tragedy where you're rooting for them to die Mm. I think that would be kind of a bit messed up, but there's a bit where you're like, oh, yeah, actually, I'm glad the Titanic sink because it killed that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I think... Imagine. So I'm glad there's no bit where it's like you get this kind of messed up satisfaction from watching, you know, a guy die. One bit that I also love is that they always seem to keep in mind when they were making that film that the water was freezing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, for some reason, every time a character gets into the water, the fact that they all go, oh my God, that's cold, you know, it kind of brings it home that yeah. it is a bit, you know, <laughs> that it, that water is really chilly. Well, because it's so important to the plot. Mm. Yeah. And uh, you, they always forget those little details. Yeah. I like there's a bit earlier on when, DiCaprio is kind of he's describing what it's like to be in freezing water he's like oh it's like being stabbed all over your body with like knives and stuff so it's kind of exactly I, I think that's quite a good little speech I have early on because then later on you're like oh Jesus because I think there's part of maybe it's just me but there's part of you where you think oh if I was in a disaster like the Titanic I would have survived I would have like found a door I would have been able to like swim away or whatever mm. Because you just think, oh, I'd have, you know, tied some, like, sharks together and ridden them. Oh, no, when I watch it, I think I would have been Rose. Yeah. I would have been just following someone else who knew what they were no, doing. No, no, but, but that's the thing. When you watch this, you think, actually, to be fair, like, I wouldn't have had a chance. There's no way. Yeah. And also, the freezing cold, you just there's just nothing you can do. Especially because when, at the beginning of the film, when it's the modern day bit, the fat guy, he gives his forensic analysis of the, how the <laughs> Titanic sank. in the most fat guy? <laughs> <laughs> but he, he does it in the most... <laughs> horrible, what if that actor is listening now? Way. <laughs> 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 it's 
He's supposed to be abhorrent, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go on. I love but it when yeah, he says, that... and that's a big ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you're in front of an actual survivor. Because yeah. I said to you, apparently they invited a real survivor of the Titanic, I think the last living person who had been on the ship, and um, they invited her to the premiere, and she declined because obviously it was a super traumatic event, um, so she didn't want to relive it, which is fair enough. Um, but when we were watching that bit where the guy's describing um, in the most <laughs> crude terms about the, the sinking of the ship, I was thinking if I was the person who was the survivor, I would just walk out of the cinema at that point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that bit's really important because then you understand later when the ship's actually sinking what's going to happen. But if you were in the middle of an actual disaster, you don't know what's going to happen. They didn't know that the ship was going to break and they were going to have yeah. to get on the other side of the railings and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I think... Actually, like, to be fair, you mentioned actually when we, well, we both mentioned when we watched it. Though, like, there's a lot of dramatic irony in this film. There's a lot of bits where it's like <laughs> the characters almost kind of look at the screen at the beginning. They're like, "Oh, we're on a ship, an unsinkable ship," and they kind of almost almost wink at the screen or like <laughs> yeah. they've got some Picasso paintings. And they're like, "Oh, Picasso! Oh, he's He'll never going to make it big." Oh, yeah. There's, a, there's for me, I think there was just one too many of those moments early on. I was like, oh, "Okay, come on, let's." It's kind of turning into like an episode of Doctor Who now where they're like, oh, ha ha, like, you know. It was a little bit Forrest Gump where everything had to be historic, like historically relevant. Yeah, mm-hmm. and kind of it's like you're supposed to, you're the audience watching going like, oh, they think the Titanic isn't going to sink, but I know it yeah. is. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, I think there's a little bit too much of that. But and maybe they're lulling you into a false sense of security. So then when Jack dies at the end, you don't expect maybe. it. Like a Greek tragedy, you thought you knew the story of... The ship's going to sink. You know Rose is going to survive because she's there as an old woman. Um, and then you think maybe she might have married Jack and that's why her daughter, granddaughter's American. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, rem- I, I told you, when I was a kid and I first watched it, I thought at the end they were going to go down to the Titanic in present day and Jack was still there. He'd, like, survived and he was, like, kind of living off, like, eating, like, crabs <laughs> and lobsters. And he'd, he'd found, like, a little room that was, like, airtight. He developed gills. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're a kid... When you're a kid, you don't really under, you don't really understand the concept of like a main character can actually die. I think that was kind of I was just like, okay, there's no way they're going to kill off this guy. I think it's time that we address the big question in this film, mm. and that is um, whether there's enough space on that uh, like piece of wood for Jack and Rose. Well, mm. I I've always thought that it wasn't even really about that whether there's enough space. I always thought that the fact that it was he he just wasn't really healthy enough to survive anyway. So even if he'd been on that door, I feel like he would have died anyway because he was like quite malnourished. He hadn't really, he was quite, you know, he hadn't kind of like a diet. I always yeah. kind of that was the kind of impression I always got that he, anyway, he would have died anyway. When I was a kid, though, I had that feeling when I watched it that actually he totally could have just climbed onto the door and yeah. maybe he would have survived. Yeah, they, they only have one go. They have one go and it tips a bit and they're like, oh, no, leave yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe it was a buoyancy issue as well. If they had both been on the door, the door might have sunk. Well, no, because I did some research and a guy did his PhD on this exact topic. He did a PhD on it. (laughs) He did. He did a research paper on the buoyancy of that wood and from what time period it was and how large it was, whether they both could have grabbed that piece of wood and and had a better chance of surviving. And he came out saying, yes, they could have. However, I tend to agree that, like, on this watch through, I understood it more as, like, a dramatic moment where clearly it was like me or her kind of thing and there was mm. just no question. Well, firstly, who approved that PhD? A PhD on a fictional piece of wood on fictional characters. Yeah, but it's important. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> it's a big part of our culture, of modern culture. But let's, let, let me kind of... We, we've we've prayed this, praised this film quite a lot now. I'm going to quickly play Devil's Advocate Ooh. because a lot of people really, really dislike this film. 
because of Jack and Rose. They really, really don't like the fact that they've taken a real-life tragedy with thousands of real people who had real lives and real stories, and they've kind of almost said, forget about them. We're going to make up two characters. We're going to make up this really lovely romance film and make you care about these guys and then kind of just, you know, put it on the backdrop of the Titanic. A lot of people felt that it was a bit uh, insincere, it was a bit kind of disrespectful. So what, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, I'll let Hannah go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I kind of disagree with them. Personally, I really enjoy the romance section, but it's not just because of that. I think the point of the romance section isn't just to make you care about the characters. It also says so much more about the time period. And I think it's difficult in uh, real-life stories to build in all the things that you want to say and all the points you want to make in such a neat way. One of the reasons why the Jack and Rose story is so good and has lasted so long in people's imaginations and captured hearts is because it really speaks to that idea of class and the difficulty of one person's trapped in their situation, even though from the outside it looks like the fortunate one, and the other person, they're free, but they have nothing. That idea of class was so endemic in that time period, and it was also just on the brink of collapse, as they kind of briefly allude to at the end with the 1929 Wall Street crash. So I think it's worth making up a story that's based on people's lives and based on that historical period. I think they're quite faithful to the time. So for me, that makes up for the fact that they didn't take just a random person's story and portray that on film because they did so much more by portraying a made-up story that was based on an amalgamation of experience. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that there wasn't a dedication to, like, you know, the, the lost souls of the Titanic or something like that at the end. But mm. I think um, overall, like, I think it's probably okay. I'm not offended by it because I think it's a, almost like a critique of where the institution that built that ship went wrong and how it was doomed from day one of its construction, you know, almost like the first bolt that went into that boat was destined to come loose. It's almost like making a war film in that sense because war movies very often are about, uh, you know, instructing future generations on how incorrect you can get things and how many people can die as a result of, you know, one poor philosophy. So, yeah, I I think it's probably more of a critique once you have finished the film than it is, a you know, like a just a flick about, you know, the drama of people dying on a ship. Yeah, and I, I think, actually, I, th- I think because that romance is all about, like you said, Hannah, it's all about kind of class and the kind of divide. And I actually think that's a really important topic because the, the real tragedy behind this tragedy is that, that most of the people who did die were the, the poor people. It was the people in third class. That's, you know, that's a fact that the, the people in first class were put on the boats first and the people in third class were kind of, a lot of them were just left to drown. Mm. And that is what happened. And I think that the romance, even though it's made up and people might not like it, but I think it is just so relevant because it, it lays out that, those tracks and that foundation. It shows you these two completely different worlds. And then... You know, at the end, you know, the, the the people in the first class seem to be act like they're more cultured and they're better than third class. But at the end of the day, when a tragedy like that hits, everyone just turns back into an animal and everyone's just scrambling on, to get on a boat and everyone wants to survive and is pushing each other and is willing to, like, chuck other people off a boat to survive. And that's... Because we're, we're all the same, but because of these rules we set ourselves, some people sometimes live and some people die, and it's, it's just because of these made-up rules. And I think... That's why that story is so relevant. Mm, death is the great leveller. Whoa, yeah. deep stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, because when I was watching it again this time, it made me think that loads of 
things might be symbolic as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole Titanic sinking itself could have been chosen, that story specifically, because it's like the end of that era. Mm. It was the end of kind of bigger and better and believing that man was capable of anything and then mm. having that moment where you're like, oh, God, actually, you know, we are all the same. We can't just keep on going on pretending that there's these two different levels of achievement. Yeah. And that even with the heart of the ocean, mm. I'd never really thought about that before apart from its whole um, function in the plot. Yeah. But when we were watching it this time and they were talking about how it was Louis XVI's diamond and stuff like that and how it was aristocratic and it had this specific meaning, it's almost like it had a different meaning to all the different people because Hadley said something like, this is a symbol of my affection for you. Um, So he clearly just cares about money. Mm. For Rose, it was something which was weighing her down, almost like the, the slave chains that she talked about at the beginning. For Jack, it was maybe... I don't know if he really thought anything about it, to be honest. <laughs> Potentially symbolic of him <laughs> at the end. But then um, for the guy in the present day, it was like this whole symbol of like a cash cow for the Titanic and stuff. By the end, he sees it in a different way. Mm. Um, and maybe that's the same how everyone looks at the Titanic in a different way and has a different feeling towards it. Mm. It means different things for different people. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a film that is, it's got some depth to it. I think that's why people love it and... Some people maybe hate mm. it, but I, I don't think anyone really hates it as much as they, you know, as much as the people that love it, love it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I think it, it, it's one of those films where it's kind of, it's cool to not like it because it was such a big film and it made so much money and it's, it's kind of not seen as like an alternative film. Like To like Titanic or to like Avatar is a bit lame, but... Yeah. You can't argue that it's not huge in terms of scope and spectacle. Yeah. My two biggest problems with the film are, number one, Fabrizio's accent. <laughs> I actually think it's horrific. What do you mean? <laughs> We're going to go on the Titanic. I, I have a theory that that's why they got rid of him for half of the film. Like, he just doesn't turn up <laughs> for the middle two yeah, hours. Yeah, in the script, he actually had a bigger part, but James Cameron was like, no, you're getting squished. I'm sorry. <laughs> Too annoying. He, he honestly, he sounds like halfway between Borat and, like, you know, like the Dolmio adverts. Like that. It's like... <laughs> I've never heard anything like it. And my second problem with the film is... The you know the beginning when they're playing poker yeah and like those guys like five minutes before you're about to go on like this ship who the hell is going to like a bar and saying let's gamble our tickets <laughs> can you imagine like you're out to go on holiday you're in in the airport and you just quickly pop into like the pub in the airport and gamble your tic- your plane tickets why just, weren't like, they already going before. on the ship because they <laughs> needed to go through the license There's five fiction. minutes left <laughs> <laughs> mate every day is your last day obviously I'm sorry <laughs> I'm just not you know I'm not spontaneous enough to be live there. life on the edge <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, like they did the right thing gambling away those tickets yeah. in the end. I've also got one bit that slightly bugged me. Um, there's like a weird like ballet flex in the middle of the film mm. where Rose kind of goes like, oh, you think you're such big, tough men? And then she gets <laughs> up on her like tiptoes and everyone's <laughs> like, whoa, actually, this, this chick's kind of hard. And <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to fight her. Yeah, for some reason, that, that scene, I was just a bit like, oh, like, I, I don't think... Rose is very likable through some of the middle. And that's okay. But I think for some reason that scene, just like for me, I was like, oh, they've just crossed the line for me because she's just like... <laughs> I don't mind her in that scene. I think, to be fair, I think it is like... I, I, I think it shows that, you know, she's, she's not just a pretty face. Like, she actually has done stuff and practised stuff and she's got skills and talent and stuff. Yeah. However, I really do not think that a couple of, like, tough blokes in a bar would be impressed by a woman do, um, doing, like, a little pirouette. I really yeah. can't picture that. 
Yeah. It's painful to do that. It's painful, but I just don't think a couple of blokes drinking Guinness are going to look at that and think, oh, what if she is hench? Like, yeah, but maybe maybe it's not that. Maybe they'd never seen that. Maybe. Because they wouldn't have the money to go to the ballet. TV doesn't exist. But I don't think they'd be interested in ballet, I think. <laughs> I really don't think... I think... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, um... Oh, wait, hang on. Oh, sorry. I had one more thing to say that annoyed me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the end... Don't get me wrong, I love the ending. But when she goes and she drops the heart of the ocean into the sea... <laughs> two things. Why didn't she use that to make money to make her life in America initially? <laughs> no, I always yeah, assumed but, that that but, was her like, way into America. She didn't want money, though. She did, like, the whole point was she was escaping from this world of money. Yeah. I think that would have been so wrong if she... And it was also it was her memory of... Um, Jack. Jack. Okay, fine. I, I agree with that. I, I agree that she shouldn't have... I'm glad that she kept that. Fine. Second thing. Why didn't she give it to the guy who spent like three years looking <laughs> for the freaking heart of the ocean? Yeah, that was pretty harsh. But the metaphor at the end is the heart of the ocean, you know, it's not wealth. It's, you know, it's it's about love. It's about finding the person who, like, inspires you and the person who, like, sees you for you. Okay, That's... fine. But also give it to the guy and then he can have the money. <laughs> I think, I said to you, I think, you know the guy who's looking for the, the heart of the ocean and the daughter of the old woman of Rose? No, no, this is so wrong. I think the film should have ended with those two getting off and then just, like, maybe a brief kind of two-minute sex scene between those two and then it's the end of the film. <laughs> no! I think that <laughs> Because you've seen a, you've seen a lot of horror, you've seen a lot of drama. You know, you've probably cried by that point. I think it's a good little kind of palate cleanser. Just have a quick kind of, you know. Yeah, two. I think before they cut it down to three hours, three and a half hours, that's probably what they yeah. had. <laughs> it originally was five hours long with a little God, side plot. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they ran out of budget. Yeah. So have we got ratings coming up then? Yeah, let's let's do it. Okay, you guys go for it. Is it too gauche to give it a 10? Give it what you want, it's your opinion. That is very gauche. I, I might give it a 10, because re-watching it this time, I thought there's absolutely nothing I would change about that film, apart from, like, even though I joke about the ending and stuff. Mm. I still wouldn't change it, because I think it's more impactful the way she drops it into the ocean, just logically. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, mm. it's such a good film. There's... The cinematography is great. The performances are amazing. Mm-hmm. I um, think you can tell they've got so much chemistry as well, like mm. DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. You can just tell they get on in real life. Like, you, yeah. yeah. And it really strikes a chord with you of that whole idea of first love and having a bit of a whirlwind romance. Um, but then also the panic at the end, contrary to most disaster movies, you really care about the people who are on the ship. You feel like you know them, like when you're on a cruise and you're stuck with the same people. It's like that because you recognise some, some of the people. Mm. Um so, yeah, I, there's nothing I would change about it. I think every part of it is perfect. And even though it's three and a half hours long, you don't get bored. And it stands up the test of time, special effects-wise. So, I mean, bravo to them. The yeah. money was well spent there. Yeah. Um, worth drowning all those actors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's a solid... For me, it's probably less than a 10, just because... Um, well, I mean, it sounds harsh, but probably just because it's so long. Like, I, I don't really enjoy sitting down for that long to watch a film. I think if they could have compressed that same feeling into a, into maybe two and a half hours, it would be closer to a ten for me. I think for me, it's like an eight and a half. Okay. I loved it. Okay. To be fair, I don't really have a problem with the length, because I, I do quite like an epic. I like... Okay, not every. I don't want every film I ever watched to be like three, three and a half hours long because that's not workable. But I think it works for this film. I think, like I said, the performances are amazing, apart from Fabrizio. Um, I think the <laughs> cinematography is gorgeous. The lighting's gorgeous. You know, when they're filming it at sunset and their face is like bathed in light, and you know, you can see like the purple and the gold horizon. 
set design is amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, the, from the bottom, the, the third class to the first class to the outside of the ship, like, it all just looks great. It all looks authentic. Cinematography is amazing. There's bits, there's shots that, like, just stick in your mind, like those two on the door, obviously, or, like, the ship when it's vertical and it's just kind of sinking and it's just, like, this giant, like, kind of leviathan. It's just... There's so many images that just stick in your mind. The destruction part of this film, like, there's a whole hour where almost every other shot is destruction and it looks, like, stunning, doesn't it? Every single one of them. Yeah, there's a lot of films I've watched. Like, you know, there's some Transformers films where there's an hour of explosions (laughs) and and buildings collapsing. But you get sick of it. You get sick of the destruction. Once you've seen a few buildings collapse, you're like, okay, I've seen it now. Whereas this, I think they keep managing to up the ante every time and it makes me cry every time I watch it. I just, I love it. I know a lot of people criticise the whole Jack and Rose and they should have just gone with a real story, but I, like, we, like we said, I kind of disagree with that. What's your score? I'll give it a 10 out of 10. Whoa. Oh, I don't care what Two 10 out of 10. I mean, I'm a soft I'm, touch, so call, 10 call doesn't me mean a, much from me, but a 10 call, from you. Call me a normie, but like, I, I just, I honestly think it's an amazing film. And the fact that there were so many problems when they made it and it, they just, they had to spend so much. And Kate Winslet got freaking hypothermia. <laughs> oh my God. Because everyone else was allowed to wear a wetsuit, but because she her character wears a dress, she couldn't wear a wetsuit because you've just seen it under her clothes. Oh. So she got hypothermia. She kept going. Like, why didn't they just make the water warmer? Cause, well, because it's seawater. Oh, did they do it actually outside? Uh, I think well, in some shots they did, but I think also it's hard to keep a big bulk of water warm. It's hard to keep it, you know, mm. warm, keep it heated. Uh, apparently, a, a crew member got fired, and. As revenge, they spiked like the, uh, the cafeteria's food with like um, PCP, which is like this hallucinogenic drug. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one day where all the actors got ill and hallucinating and kind of got really ill. So there's so much trouble, yet they still made this great film. So yeah, I, I love it. Well, that's amazing. Two 10 out of 10s. What are we going to be watching next week? Okay, so next week's film is Tenet. Tenet. The brand new film by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Go watch it now. Yeah. yeah, lots of requests to hear our thoughts on that, so you asked for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, stay safe. If you are going to the cinema, make sure you be careful. Make sure you wear a mask. You know, stay safe. All right, Boris. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Yeah. And so if any of you listeners would like to get in touch with us to let us know your thoughts on Titanic, was that board big enough for the both of them, then um, send us an email at filmclubrules at gmail.com or follow us on our Instagram at filmclubrules. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Don't forget to never let go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never let go. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.